Hey, welcome to the Impact Church Podcast and Merry Christmas. You know, last week we talked about isolation. We're doing Christmas at the movies and we're talking about Home Alone. And Kevin, he was isolated and the robbers thought, we got him now, we're going to attack. But Kevin was ready. He had a battle plan. He was ready for that. You know, the Bible says, do not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. He's always scheming to try to trip us up and hinder our walk. But you know what? We're going to show you how you can be ready for him and how you can put him to flight every single time. So come on, let's get into the word. Really good or what? Huh? All right. We've got uh, Harry's doing the PowerPoint slides back there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move pretty quickly, Harry. So I hope you can stay with me. So we'll see what happens there. But we're going to move right along. But hey, Merry Christmas. Doing a, a Christmas series. It was supposed to be the movies, but it ended up being the movie. Because I watched it. Haven't you watched Home Alone since you were here last? Yeah, all right, good. How many have it memorized because you watch it so many times? Yeah. Okay. Home Alone. Sorry. Had to swallow my gum. <laughs> Had somebody say once, when you swallow gum, it stays in your intestines forever. How many have heard that before? Heard that? That's not true. That's not true. I hope it's not true because I've swallowed a lot of gum. That could explain this. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I need, I need to... Praise the Lord. Come on back. Come on back. Home alone. Home alone. Home alone. Home alone. So last week we started with home alone. It was isolation, invasion, and then restoration. Isolation, invasion, and restoration. So broke it down into three parts. So last week we talked about isolation. Now, we said impact people are committed to living in authentic community. Can you say authentic? It's going to be real. I, I hate pretense. I hate when people are phony. Just, it is what it is, you know. And uh, so we want to be a real community where people are doing, this is it. You know, we're not playing games. And, and uh, we're real together. We're honest with each other. But we deeply, deeply love each other. Speak the truth by all means, but wrap it in a little bit of love. You know what I mean? So isolation was never God's plan. We talked about that. God said it's not good for a man to be alone. And isolation really opens up all kinds of things. And a lot of people you get depression. And, and, you know, when one devil comes in, he invites all of his friends. And he'll bring, you know, fear and depression. And, you know, all kinds of nonsense falls along. And the enemy loves to isolate. But isolation is not God's plan. It's often rooted in selfishness. We shared that verse uh, I think it was 18 verse 1 of Proverbs says when you isolate it's generally because of selfish desires and it's not good it's not good isolation fosters deception because suddenly you develop a narrative around that whole thing and the enemy loves to put other thoughts in your head just remember not all your thoughts are your own you know the enemy will put a thought in your head that's terrible and then he'll say how dare you think that you terrible person you know it's sometimes you gotta take those flaming darts get the helmet of salvation on there and say you know guard your mind guard your mind all right, so isolation is resolved in Jesus. That's the good point. Isolation is resolved in Jesus. We finished up with the picture of my dear friend, uh, Mr. Marley, next door. How many were looking for Mr. Marley? And you started watching the video and were looking for the, the hand. I thought it was really interesting that they showed in that glass counter, they showed his hand was pierced at the bottom and his hand was pierced at the top. 
and you saw Kevin looking at his hand. Then at the church, he had a Band-Aid on his hand. And then in the last scene of the movie, here he is waving to Kevin. His family, he said, I want to see my family restored to me. And in the last scene, his family is restored to him, and he's putting out that hand that still has that scar in it. And so I'm just like, hey, I just see Jesus reconciling everything to himself. God became flesh and dwelt among us to restore everything back to the Father. And it's just so good, so good. So then we get this other character, this fellow here, so uh, Joe Pesci. How many people love Joe Pesci? You just love, you know, love Joe Pesci. You know? so, but, but Joe Pesci, at the start of the film, you got this policeman who comes in, and he's standing at the door looking around, and he's being ignored by everybody, the chaos that's going on. But this guy, he's impersonating a police officer. And sometimes the devil comes as an angel of light. Ah! Somebody help me. Sometimes the devil comes and it looks like it's a person who's there to help you and it's something that's blessing in your life. But this guy wasn't there to help anybody. This guy wasn't there to serve that family. This guy was there to scope out, what do I want to steal from this house? And so that's what was going on with Joe Pesci here because Joe Pesci, here's the next picture. Here it is. There he is. Just about to get a bucket in the face right there. Boom. Just had his head torched. So much fun. But this guy, he wasn't there studying to find ways to bring a blessing to that home. He was studying to try to find ways, how can I steal from this family? And sure enough, he showed up, and he was a thief. He was a thief. He was a thief. So let's go. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Ephesians 6, verse 1, it says, Take your stand against the schemes of the enemy. Take your stand. How many know Ephesians is in the New Testament? Ephesians is after the cross. Ephesians, he's speaking to the church, he's speaking to believers, and he's telling believers that you need to take your stand against the devil's schemes. Say schemes. Folks, the devil is scheming. The devil even comes to church. You'll be worshiping, oh, praise you, Jesus, that person's an idiot. Praise you, Jesus. Well, I feel so alone here. Nobody talks to me. You know, sometimes that's the devil throwing things in your head, trying to divide you and separate you, and he does that. So he schemes. The word scheming is the word methodia, and the word methodia means to journey behind, to study, and to craft, which means the devil journeys with you. He watches your behavior. He studies what's going on in your life, and he's crafting a plan to tear apart your life. Urgh. Merry Christmas. What kind of Christmas sermon is this? We're talking about that devil. I mean, are you kidding me? Yes. Home Alone. See, that guy said he, they watched, and they were waiting for them to go away. And while they're away at Christmas, they're going to break in. But they found out there's somebody home, but it's a kid, and he's home alone. Home alone. And the enemy said, I can get you because you're home alone. And being alone is not the devil's plan. Philippians 1.28. Philippians 1.28. I love this verse. It says, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. Amen. Amen. You go to the doctor and say, man, you got a really high iron count. I don't know what's going on, but that iron's going to attack your organs. They're going to stiffen up and you're going to die early. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ho, ho, ho at you, devil. Ho, ho, ho at you. That might be something that's been said over me, but I'll tell you what the truth is. The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ is my healer. 
the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection power of the Spirit of God is at work in my body. And I curse that iron. It shall not build up. I command it to go. Thanks for letting me know. I'm on it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you. We got a clapper in the front row. Come on. Come on. Do not be intimidated in any way. May your enemies just be assigned to them. They are going to be destroyed. Don't get intimidated when you hear a bad report. Don't be intimidated when something comes your way. Don't be intimidated. Just stand your ground. But you, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. Amen? I love that. I love that about Kevin. See, Kevin had his battle plan. You see the battle plan here? Uh, it's coming up right now. There's a battle plan. It's coming on the screen right this minute. There it is. There it is. You remember Kevin? I love Kevin, don't you? He knew these guys were going to break in. And he was terrified, and he ran away. No, he actually said, man, I'm getting ready for these guys. They're going to get it. And Kevin started to do a battle plan. Here's a little better picture of the battle plan, a little better picture right there. He made, this, he made up this battle plan. He said, man, these guys are going to get it. And he was actually looking forward to them trying to break in because he was going to give them what for, right? Devil, you're picking on the wrong person today because I'm ready. I got a plan, and no matter what your schemes or what your things are, you know what? I'm ready for you. I, I'm, I'm sure, and I'm established in God's word and purpose. And boom, here's the last picture. Look at this picture. And this was Mr. Marley. Mr. Marley shows up with a shovel. Boom, after Kevin did everything, and oops, me and Kevin even finally at the end, they finally got him. But guess what? Mr. Marley, the one with the nail-scarred hands, he showed up. I don't know if it was a nail that did it. But I'll tell you, Jesus with the nail-scarred hands has shown up in every circumstance of your life. And no matter what the enemy's trying to do, he's going to beat him over the head and set you free. Amen. So that should be the end of the sermon, but it's not. So. The incarnation is the introduction of a cosmic collision of kingdoms. The incarnation is God became flesh and he entered into this world. See, the devil was the prince of the power of the air. He now had authority over all things on earth. But Jesus came as a man because a man lost authority. A man had to get it back. So this man, Jesus, came with the power and authority of the kingdom of heaven. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And God came to bring back into restoration all of God's creation, not just mankind, but all of God's creation, to bring it back into under the headship of God Almighty. So that's what Christmas is all about. For this purpose. This is the purpose. Why the Son of Man was manifest. This is the purpose. To destroy the works of the devil. So you know what Christmas is all about? Christmas is all about boom. Let's remember. You know what? God became flesh, dwelt among us. He kicked the devil in the head and he's restored all things to the Father. Hallelujah. It is done, it is finished, it is good. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... Why is the Spirit of the Lord upon me? Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed to the devil. That's why Jesus came, to restore all things, to free all things, to bring all things back in the full expression that God has. Merry Christmas! You know, that's Christmas. Christmas is a compound word, Christ and mass. Christmas is a collision of the anointing of God to the mass of humanity, bringing complete, absolute transformation. Merry Christmas. Merry collision of kingdoms. Merry collision where the kingdom of light obliterated the kingdom of darkness. Merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas. Acts chapter 10, 38. Here's Peter preaching. He says, I want to tell you how God anointed Jesus Christ in Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. What was he doing? He's healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Guess what, Emmanuel? God is with us. Hallelujah. 61 times in the Gospels, we see Jesus dealing with devils. 61 times in the Gospels. You reckon if that's happening so often, we need to pay attention. 61 times. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. Any believers here today? If you're not a believer in Jesus' name, just accept him. But there's signs that follow you. Wherever you go, there's evidence that you were there. And a part of that evidence is they will cast out demons. Amen. How many did you cast out this week? Don't brag. I know, pretty awesome. But you know, that's a part of our mandate. To, to wherever we see, wherever we see someone being attacked by the devil, we have a responsibility to say, get off his back, Jack. Command you to be set free. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to walk up to the person. I discern right now that there's a demon in your life. You don't have to do that. You know what? You can just walk over with kindness. You can buy them a cup of coffee. You can simply touch them, lay hands on them. You can give them a hug, and you can insist. You don't even have to say a word. Just command. <clears throat> Loose heaven in that person right now in Jesus' name. You know, it says overcome evil with good. Being good is a powerful weapon, powerful weapon. So there's a mandate. Then there's Mark chapter 5. I love this story. In part of my uh, training in, in Bible school, they, uh, in our New Testament survey class, one of my uh, responsibilities as an assignment, I had to make a newspaper ad. I had to put something, you know, or, or not an ad, but a, a front page news. And you had to take something from the Gospels, front page news. So I used this story as my front page news because I, I think this story is so amazing. It says, then they came to the other side of the county to Gadarenes. And when he came out of the boat, immediately, say immediately, immediately there was this guy possessed by a legion of devils a legion of devils means at least six thousand devils holy moly pretty crowded in there i mean that's probably more bubble gum that's in my colon but anyways i mean this guy's got got some issues and this guy was so tormented so messed up it says constantly day and night he was screaming and shouting and cutting himself they took him to the graveyard they chained him in the graveyard nobody could tr control him nobody could help him but this guy this guy who nobody could help and nobody can control when he saw jesus he ran towards him and it says he bowed before him and he worshiped him the word proconeo he bowed and he kissed toward the savior you know what that tells me? That even if you are bound by 6,000 demons, you're still an individual who has sovereign right over your body. And those interlopers in your life, you still can. Even when they're going, no, no, you're running with all your might. No. He was breaking chains, breaking shackles. They could, but that individual said, I want freedom. I see freedom. The demons were going, oh, better look out. The Son of God just showed up at the shore. And when he got hold of that, he ran towards Jesus. And the demons were like, leave us alone, Jesus. And he worshiped, help me. Jesus had compassion on him, and he cast out the devils. The devil said, don't, don't cast us out of this region, because demons are, are in an area. If they get cast out of the region that, that they were placed in, they go straight to the pit of hell. So they're like, let us stay in this region. And so I don't know why, but Jesus cast them in 2,000 pigs. 6,000 demons and 2,000 pigs, you do the math, that's three demons per pig. I don't know if that's important, but I did it for you anyway. But you know what happened when the demons got 
all over those pigs. You know what happened? The pigs started running for their lives and said, I'm not living with these demons. And the pigs ran over a cliff. And it was the first church picnic where we had deviled ham. Who doesn't love deviled ham at a church picnic, right? Some people didn't know it was biblical. I just showed you it is. Deviled ham. Devil, I don't know about dirt devil vacuums. I think they're still cursed. But, but uh, deviled ham is okay. If you have a dirt devil, just repent. It's okay. All right. But I, I mean, it, this has always been a neat story. Even as a kid, I hear this story. And I went, man, why would Jesus cast the demons? And then all these guys, who, it was their jobs to watch these pigs. They're like, dude. My whole livelihood's gone. They went into town and said, what happened? All the pigs are gone. Pigs to Jews were unclean anyways, but I don't know. I mean, I, I would have been pretty upset if I owned all those pigs and found out Jesus cast the devils out of that guy and ruined my whole business. <laughs> Let us just ponder how confusing that is for a moment. But, but what I love about that is the guy then was totally set free in his sound mind at the feet of Jesus. And like that, like that, Jesus cast out a legion of demons. Like that, like that, boom. Boom, totally in his right mind. He was there. That unclean spirit, boom, out of him. He was sitting clothed and in his right mind. Hallelujah. Uh, let's move on. Mark chapter 1, verse 39. And he was preaching in their synagogues and throughout all of Galilee and casting out demons. Luke eleven fourteen. And he was casting out a demon. It was mute. So when the demon had gone out of him, the mute person spoke and multitudes marveled. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, 16. When evening had come, they brought many to him who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. I said, what word was it, Lord? He said, ouch! You might have found something different, but you know, there's not a struggle there. There's not a battle. There's not like spitting and screaming and, what's your name? Fred. Fred, come out. That's not really my name. I'm a liar. Yet you lying spirit. Yeah. We don't have to go through this crazy, you know, name them, blame them, you know, ship them to, hey there, say there, what's that score? I mean, boom, with the word, ouch! I've been given all authority and all power over every work of the devil. Command you to get up. Merry Christmas. What kind of a church talks about casting out demons at Christmas? This one. Matthew 10, 1 and 8, it says, And he had called the twelve disciples. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and diseases. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You don't have to earn the power to cast out devils. You freely receive the power to cast out devils. You don't have to take 25 courses. Come to the course for how to cast out devils. Well, first you sit down and say, what's your name, devil? I mean, I've been to courses where you do courses on how to cast. Jesus just said, I give you all authority and power over every work of the devil. Freely you receive, freely give. Hello? Anybody here been set free? Who the sun sets free, free indeed. Handsome freedom around. Handsome freedom around. All right, boom. Let's cover these four things. You ready? Four things. We're going to go through it really quickly. Say quickly. Four things. You ready? There's demons. They really can't influence us. Jesus has set us free. And what is our most effective weapon, Pastor? What is it? All right. Is anybody tracking with me? Okay. How many saying this is really helpful? Three people. Okay. Thank you. C.S. Lewis in his book Screwtape Letters, which is a very interesting book. It's about Satan and a little uh, minor demon. He's, he's mentoring a minor demon and telling him you know, how to be a good demon. Very interesting book. So you should read it. But I'll give you a little quote from it. 
C.S. Lewis said there are two equal and opposite errors in which our race can fall about devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. Well, you know what, Pastor? I'm not even going to listen anymore. I don't care about devils. They leave me alone. I'll leave them alone. Well, here's the news. He's not going to leave you alone. That's one error, is to think that, ah, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not asking you to worry about it. Here's the next extreme. The other is to believe and feel an excessive and an unhealthy interest in devils. I met some people, but man, they're casting devils out of light bulbs. They're like, you know, do you use Crest toothpaste? I saw Crest. It has a little star in the back. I think that's demonic. Cast out your Crest toothpaste. You know, I've been like, wow. I mean, they just, you know, people are finding areas. The devil's here. The devil's there. The devil's here. The devil's here. What do you smell? That smells like the devil to me. And you just got a devil consciousness. I mean, keep a God consciousness. Trust that when God leads you into a place where you need to use that gift, he'll bring it to your attention and you can function in it. But, you know, don't be ignorant of it. Jack Hayford said this. Here's what Jack Hayford said. You can't cast out the flesh and you can't discipline a demon. <laughs> Isn't that good? You know, if, if, if what's going on is just, you're just misbehaving. You just need to, you just really need to just be discipled and mentored. You need to help through that. Because sometimes, if what's going on in a person's life is demonic, you can't mentor a demon. You can't disciple a devil. You got to cast them out. Devils are filthy liars. They'll build a narrative around why it's okay to be the way you are. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12, 22. Then one of them brought to him a demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him, so the blind and the mute spoke. Now here's the word. It's daimonizomai, 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 daimonizomai. That's the word right there. That's the word demon-possessed. That word means to have or to be vexed by a demon. Read the purple with me. Read the purple with me. Are you ready? Does not denote ownership. It means that something has attached itself to you. They've been studying you. They saw you watching things you shouldn't watch and then said, let's put some more things in their presence. Let's shove some more things before them. They've been looking at that. Let's bring some more things in their view. And they'll suddenly bring things in front of you until it fills your attention. And then you find yourself tempted. And then you find yourself falling into something silly. It's not an event. It's something that begins as a bit of a process. That's why you got to discipline yourself, guard your mind, cast down every argument. It's just take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So we've got to do that. Are you okay? Merry Christmas. It does not denote possession. It does not denote ownership. Can light dwell in darkness? 2 Corinthians 6.14. And what communion does light have with darkness? Your spirit is absolutely right with God, one with God, a born-again spirit. The Holy Spirit could not unite itself. Jesus could not become one with you if you did not become born again and get a new spirit. So he has moved in and he is there, absolutely there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. You are a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And that's not a command to, to prove it. It's just a command to let it happen in your life now. Don't run it out. Don't squeeze it out. Don't wrestle it out. Just naturally now. You are light. So just walk it out. You're light. There's no darkness at all in your life. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Don't give a place for the devil. Don't give a foothold for the devil. Now, we're talking to church here. We're talking to believers here. And Paul is talking to believers. And he's telling believers, don't give place for the devil. Now, if you couldn't give place for the devil, what Paul wrote to you, inspired by the Holy Ghost, doesn't make sense. Because if it was never, ever possible, why should I ever guard against it? 
Don't give place for the devil. Don't. The word place is topos. Topos means place, portion, or space, marked off. Don't give them an opportunity. Don't give them power. Don't give them an occasion to act. Now, folks, you can do that. I mean, I've been successful once or twice this week where I stepped into areas I shouldn't have done. And I, you know, when I look back, I go, you know, you should have started way back here and guarded yourself against that. And you acted out in a way that wasn't right. You should have guarded your heart there. You should have been careful there. You should have shown a little more respect. That didn't really happen. I'm just, I'm just using an example because I know what happens in your life. <laughs> no, it does. It really happens. Things like that really happen for me, especially when I'm driving. That's why I hate driving the church van because every time I cut somebody off, they say, impact church, transforming lives to impact their world. Yeah, apparently through accidents and car collisions and... Yeah, my life was, you know, impacted. You cut me off, I ran into a pole. Transform forever. So anyways, I have to be careful when I drive the church van. Topos, don't give any room for the devil. How many remember a Buick commercial a few years back? It was a Buick commercial. They're getting on the airplane, and, and then he says, did you, did you lock the car? And he goes, oh, geez. Uh, and then he opens up an app on his phone, and he presses the button. He goes, car's locked. So Buick is advertising that. We have an app now. You can start the car, lock the car. You can track the car. It's so awesome. The new Buick app. And then his wife says, did you close the apartment windows? He goes, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I close the windows. Then the scene is open windows and the place is full of pigeons. Hold on. And the place is full of pigeons. <laughs> I mean, don't remember the commercial. I just thought of pigeons because the pigeons poop all over our sign all week. Drives me crazy. I got to find something to get rid of the pigeons. I was almost going to throw a rocket one the other day and the Lord said, stop it. That's also my creation. I went, well, get them off my sign. Anyways, I... Come back with me. Now tell me, the pigeons came in the window and they moved in. Do they own the home? Are they pooping all over the stuff? They don't own it, but they are influencing it. And you see, you own it. You got responsible. You are an absolute free individual. You choose God or you even choose the devil, but you know you choose. You are a sovereign individual in every issue of your life. The devil has no authority to come at you in any kind of way. You have authority. You're sovereign over what happens in this life. And you know what? But if you open a window and you start going down a road you shouldn't go, don't be surprised if a pigeon doesn't come and drop on your head. But here's the good news. You can get rid of the pigeons. They don't own the house. They haven't got any legal access to anything. You still own the place completely. So enemies three-pronged attack, and I'm going to go really fast through the rest of this. Can you get an amen? All right. Three-pronged attack, deception, temptation, accusation. Lies, vain imaginations, follows up with the, this temptation, then he follows accusation. What's crazy is he gets you to do it, and then when you do it, he rubs it in your face. He says, you filthy dog. He's the one who takes you down that road, and you gave into it, but then when you do it, he goes, can't believe you did that. You are a filthy, awful thing, and you call yourself a Christian. Woo, you, ha. And that's right when you've got to rise up in faith and say, yeah. Yeah, that really happened. And you know what? I'm forgiven, I'm healed, and I'm free. And Jesus loves me, and he hasn't left me. He loves me just as much as he ever has. I'm still one spirit with God. And that didn't change a thing about who I am in him. That's when you got to manifest faith when what's going on in your life don't look anything like what God planned for you. That's when you got to rise up. You got to rise up. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's not truth makes you free. It's do you know it? There's all kinds of wonderful truth people don't know. People perish for lack of 
knowledge. You shall know the truth and truth will set you free. It's not a power struggle. It's primarily a truth struggle. It's not a power struggle. When I started pastoring, I, I grew up as a power struggle. I yell at people, Satan, I command you now, I adjure. I would get oil, I would get holy water, I would get everything I could, splash, spit, spray. And you know, we'd get results. I had one guy, you'd know him, part of this community, and he came and he wanted to commit suicide. And I was like, that's nuts. Like, this is the most stable guy I know. And he said, Pastor, I couldn't wait to call you this morning and get in here because I was going to commit suicide. I said, that's crazy. So I just said, in the name of Jesus, I cast that down. I come against that. We renounce that right now in Jesus' name. Boom, I command it to go. And you know, he said, ah, I feel better. I feel some freedom. A week later, he comes in and says, Pastor, it's worse than ever. I actually didn't think I was going to make it in the morning. I thought I'm going to have to call. I said, don't, you can call me at night. Don't you call me at night. But anyway, <laughs> I said, man, if it's that desperate, please call me. But he says, I really thought I wasn't going to make it. I was, I was concocting all manner of ways to end it. And I finally said, I got to go see the pastor. And I went, man, what's going on? I thought I shot that last week. So I said, you know what? What's going on? So I thought, why does this enemy have access to his life? And I said, let's pray. Let's just, let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Let's kind of little, do a little inventory of your journey. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Because if there's an area, there's a place. The enemy's a legal expert. And if he thinks there's a legal spot where I can accuse this person, he'll own it, you know? So we started spending some time together. We're praying, and all of a sudden, I said, have you ever made any vows? You ever made a vow, you know, if that don't happen, I'm going to bleep, bleep, bleep. Have you ever done something like that? Because you got to keep your vows. It says, I, I praise you, Lord. I come to your presence. I will keep my vows. Because your words are power. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Have you ever made a vow? And he, all of a sudden, boom, immediately his eyes went, boop, and he went, oh, my goodness. My wife and I, she kicked me out of the house seven years ago this week. And when I left the house, I said, if I don't get back in my home and my marriage is not restored in seven years, I'll kill myself. And I said, wowzers. I said, you know what? The enemy's a legal expert. He's come back and he's trying to take those words. He's trying to say, I want fulfillment on that. I said, look, let's renounce that right now. Let's, let's forgive Let's release the whole circumstance, the whole situation. Forgive yourself. Let's renounce that right now. Devil, we cancel it. We plead the blood of Jesus over that statement. We announce right now that I love my wife. I love my family. I, I am free of all that. All my needs are met in Christ. And you know, we renounce that and announce our freedom in Christ. Never had a problem again. To this very day, totally set free. And somebody you would meet and go, this is the most stable, emotionally stable person you'd ever met, and you would have never thought that would happen. So things happen sometimes. You know what? Sometimes you can't discipline or disciple out a devil. It's a demonic situation, and you don't know what's going on, but you got to check it out. I had a grandmother came to me once. I think I'm done my notes. I got more notes. You can check them out online, but I got to stop. So there's a lot of good stuff there. But I had a grandmother came to me once, and we knew her daughter. They came to the church. We were part of our community for a long time. And uh, we did notice that there was a, like a behavior shift in, in the granddaughter. And it was kind of odd. I didn't know really what happened. But we thought, oh, well, you know, it could be a stage. But it was odd. It was, it was a, even a little bit, we thought, it's a little creepy, strange. Kid totally changed. And her mom came, her grandma came and said, Pastor, I want to meet with you because I, I believe it's demonic. And I went, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the, with the devil in any way touching a child. I have a problem with that. And I just didn't want to accept that. But, you know, I said, she's convinced it is. So 
I said, sure, we'll meet with you. And we met, we prayed, we shared some scriptures, and you know, the, the little girl started to, started to wriggle, started to manifest, and, and we couldn't really even get a good prayer for her. And I just reached over and I grabbed her, and I brought her to myself, I pulled her, and I went, Jesus! And she went limp. And then I just set her down, and she was totally set free. You know, I do praise God for that, but at the same time, I was really bothered by that. And you know, the, the, her daughter had become, was a stripper and a prostitute, all kinds of other things, the father, I don't know, she had a bit of a, that little child had some strange generational issues going on in her little life. And you know, as much as what the devil does bothers me, I'm so grateful that Jesus sets free completely. <laughs> completely. We have churches in this town that don't believe in casting out devils. So they call us and they send them here. They really do. Our staff knows that. Our staff knows they'll call me. I've been at tables with pastors in a meeting. When an issue comes up like that, they go, Carl, that falls in your department. I get to pray for those things. And I'm okay with that. Because you know what? Don't ignore it. But I'm also, I'm like Kevin. We got plans. We got plans. And we got the big fellow with a shovel. And you know what? Nothing. He breaks every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. Hey, 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 uh, good enough, hey, good enough. Had that one lady that he, Jesus showed up in church, he saw a woman all hunched over, and he said, woman, he said, you ought to be free. And the word ought to be is a legal term in their culture, which means, woman, I am legally bound to set you free. And then they got mad at him because he healed on the Sabbath. They said, are you kidding? She is a child of Abraham. She is the seed of Abraham. The children's bread is healing. I have a legal right, covenant right, to command that she be whole. Are you kidding me? He said, she ought to be. I have a legal responsibility. These signs will follow them that believe. They will cast out devils and set people free. The most powerful healing is love. Speak the truth in love. The most amazing deliverance I had in my life was I got out of jail. Yeah, I went to jail. It was just overnight. Relax. A couple times. Relax. They don't put people in jail anymore, but they put me in jail. Can you believe it? And I, they let me out the next morning. My brother was supposed to pick me up. Then they said they weren't letting me out. He left. And so I had to walk to his house that morning, and the sun was coming up. <laughs> Jesus. The sun was coming up. And I walked into a sunrise. And I walked all the way to my brother's house. It was about three or four miles. But as I walked, the sun came up, and I was going, what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? My mom was hospitalized for high blood pressure. It's her fault she worried about me. I said, Mom, don't worry about me. But she was worried about me. My brothers were mad at me because they knew Mom was worried about me. And I walked towards my brother's house. When I got there, my other brother's car was there. So they're both there. And I thought, beautiful. <laughs> I just want to go to bed, but I got to put up with them. Because the way we dealt with things in our home was we yell at each other, we fight, we punch, we scream. And so I figured, you know what, I'm not going in. Then I said, you know what, I'm too tired. I got nowhere else to go. I'm going in, I'm going to bed. So I walked in, I opened the door, walked up in the kitchen and said, let's do this. You know, because I figured if you're going to hit me, kick me, beat me, scream at me, let's do it. Come on. They both walked over, and they hugged me, 
they started to cry, and I felt their tears hit my face. I was like, oh, God, I would rather be kicked than this. <laughs> but all of a sudden, it was like, <laughs> it was like everything in me went limp. I said, oh, God. And it was like I heard across the room a disembodied voice say, what happened? And I was totally set free. Without a word, they hugged me, and I was totally set free. Just like that little girl that I just hugged said, Jesus! I tell you, from that day forward, my life totally changed. I mean, I turned around completely, and things totally shifted for my life. Say, love, all you need is love. All you need is love. All you need is love. Love. Love is all. Now get your phones out. Put the light on. Thank you. My son is so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Wow, the light. You know, guys, I love you guys so much. And uh, I tell you, the enemy does scheme and he does do crazy things. I'm not preaching this because I want you to be afraid of it, but sometimes you do get home alone. Sometimes he does put you in a spot and uh, he'll pile on and you get in a place. Sometimes people face Christmas. You know, people are going to be alone at Christmas. We had our senior citizens meeting and, you know, Deborah's not going to have Terry this year. That's hard. I love you, Deborah. We love you. And I sat there and I said, there's so many times we come at our Rhema Christmas parties, and we're having a Christmas party, but there's, there's empty chairs. And there's people going to have empty chairs in their lives this year. Some will have empty chairs because of a broken situation or something going on. But you know what? Don't fall into that pattern. Just thank Jesus. We're grateful because we know where Terry is. Amen? See, Deborah's more happy than I am. Come on, stand up with me. Wow. Can I just do this? Everybody's praying. You're all praying. Can you pray with me? Everybody pray. Just praying right now, in Jesus' name. Listen, maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior because he came to restore you to your Heavenly Father. He came to destroy the lies of the enemy that have separated you from the lover of your soul. Jesus is here. It's Merry Christmas, and you can be restored to your Father today. So listen, I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I just want you to put your hand up. Just put it up so I can see it, all right? You ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand up very high. Say, Pastor, could you pray for me? Pastor, could you pray for me? Anyone, anyone at all. All right. Could be somebody watching online, somebody watching two years from now saying, who's this guy preaching about devils on Christmas? But we want to pray for you. So everybody pray with me. Would you do that? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful plan of redemption. Thank you, Jesus, that you came so that I could be saved, forgiven, healed, and free. So Holy Spirit, Testify with my spirit that I am a child of God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.